cool. I am very cool. Um, you are cool. Yeah, You're cool as a cool, cucumber cool on the opposite you, side of the pillow. You could ask anyone. Cucumbers <laughs> aren't on opposite, opposite sides. Cool as the other side of a pillow and cool as a cucumber. Those are metaphors, I guess. <laughs> like I, bad ones, I suppose. Yeah, well, like the worst of all time. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I want a nap. Me too. I'm going to today. So I took a sick day today. Oh, <laughs> I wish I could take it. I, I'm going to add. 15, 15. Here we go. Yeah. 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 Mmm. 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 That's going to be the cold drop. Mmm. Welcome back to the Relatively Speaking Podcast. We are recording on Monday morning. It is June 12th. I am your co-host, Jared Mitch. And joining me on this scorcher of a Monday morning is my co-host, my partner in crime, partner in rhyme, my boy, Joseph Nardone. <laughs> Joe, how was your weekend? Oh, it was a great weekend. It was the best weekend ever. You know what, Jared? You could ask anybody about my weekend and you know what they would say? What would they say? That <laughs> it was the best weekend ever. So if I went up to somebody and was like, hey, how was Joe's weekend? It was the best weekend ever. That's that's the conversation we would have? No, because it wasn't. As I um, tweeted you in front of the program, Amy, um, a running gag now on the show is my neighbor's kids. And uh, they slept over on Saturday, I think it was. And they came over at noon on Saturday and they don't leave until 1 p.m. on Sunday. What kind of a sleepover dad host are you? Like, what do you do for the girls to, like, make it, like, a fun special night? Or are you just like, leave me alone, don't, don't watch TV until your eyes fall out, but also just just leave me alone. And if you're going to watch TV until your eyes fall out, make sure you leave me alone. Like, what, what do you well, do? Well, they were all, we, we had them outside playing for the majority of the night, the, the day into the night. So they didn't come until 8.30. Um, like, we fed them, obviously, in between. 8.30 comes in, everybody gets cleaned up. We put a move, Trolls, the movie Trolls, on for them. And uh, then they went to bed, and then they woke up, and we fed them. And then they played in the, our playroom. And then we uh, were hoping, like, you know, they would leave. Um, or the mom would come over and be like, hey, you've had them for 24 hours. But no, we ended up having nope. them for 25 hours. That's cool. So you guys adopted kids over the weekend, and they still live with you. What's what's that like? I thought it was hor- Listen, I don't want to bash kids because they're kids, but I don't like other people's kids. I don't Fair think that's enough. I don't think that's a horrible thing to say. It's just and they're they're fine enough kids. It's just like my tolerance level for other people's kids is like about a twenty minute clip and they were here for twenty five hours. Right. It's gotta be different when you have your own kids. Like obviously for me, my wife and I we don't have children, so like we visit our friends that do have children and it's all like, Oh man, your kid's awesome. I love hanging out with your kid. Your kid says all this cool fun stuff and then when they poop, you know, it's your kid, not my kid. Yeah, and so you also like, get to run away. So, like, even when I got rid of these kids, I, my runaway is still two kids of yeah, mine. Yeah, it's, like it's the best thing about being an uncle. It's like, I could hang out with you when you're happy, but as soon as you start being, you know, a pain, it's like, well, I don't know where your parents are, but you should stop this, or, or they're going to have to deal with this. Enough of these shenanigans and Tom Fuller. You need to get up out of yeah, here. So- I almost cursed. That's why that came out really weird, because I almost said a bad word. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> That's good. I'm glad that you didn't curse while we're discussing kids. The last question, what do you make them for breakfast when they stay over? Or are you just like, a, yeah, we got some Cap'n Crunch in the back there. You no, no, no. Um, I mean, it's pancakes, but it's not homemade pancakes. It's the frozen variety microwaved in the microwave box. But, uh, yeah, we fed them warm food. Now, my oldest daughter, last day of school today, congratulations, Devana. Um, made it. She doesn't listen to the podcast. Um she also doesn't really still know what I do for a living. She knows I play on the computer. That's what she tells everybody when they ask. What does your dad do? He plays on the computer. Um, she uh, she likes... Uh, it's odd because we talked about this before. She likes um, Pop-Tart cereal for breakfast. Mm. Smart kid. Well, yeah, she's she's not dummy. I thought, like she, I told her this morning, because in the sun, like, I'm like, listen, you can't have Pop-Tart cereal like, every morning. It's getting weird. No, come on, man. Dude, it's not healthy to have a Pop-Tart every morning. Well, yeah, that. But, I mean, look, if the alternative's like, yeah, I'm eating Cocoa Puffs or Fruity Pebbles every day, you know, I don't know that a Pop-Tart's any worse than that. No, I know, but she got to mix it up. Like, she can have a Pop-Tart every day. And, like, I'd be more than willing to make her healthier stuff, like a bowl of Cheerios with a banana on the side. Is that healthy? Yeah, definitely. It's also good. I love cereal with banana in it. But also, you know, I'm 32 years old almost, and <laughs> your kid just wants to eat every piece of sugar she could probably get her fingers on. So Yeah, she, she, she looks for the unhealthy label on the box. <laughs> and if it says unhealthy, she's like, yep, I want some. 
more. Give me more. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to stop telling you how to parent because <laughs> this is one of those things where you figure out what your daughter should eat for breakfast and I will I will have snarky commentary either way. How's well, I'll give going? you an update on Friday because she's going to have a schedule for the summer to uh, so she's just not playing electronics all day because I have to work and her little sister isn't done with school at the end of the month. So she's got to read and read and chores. What do the, what do the Nardone girls do during the summer? Do they hang out with dad who's playing on the computer all day? Or do <laughs> well, they go- last summer my in-laws helped a lot. But like We didn't want to... Um, they're, in, they're already watching three other kids this summer, so we didn't want Who's to kill kids? them. Who are these three kids they're watching? The other kids from other people that are related to my wife. So, okay, um, so like blood. When you say they're watching kids, other kids from other people. Yeah, but like as I said before, like, I don't like other people's kids. Even though these people are related to me, I don't necessarily like any of them. Sure. I'm kidding. I like them for the most part. But seriously. Yeah, but seriously. Right. I mean, like, yeah, they're, they're ruining my summer. No, uh... No, the, the, they're good kids, but the problem is, like, I have to work, and I can't be super attentive. Like, I could be attentive. I'm here, but, like, I can't be like, let's play dolls for three hours because I have to work. Yeah. Yeah. All right. No no dolls for three hours this summer. All right, let's move. Let's pivot because we've been talking about my uh, my daddy parent. I'm going to get killed by somebody who's like, what are you doing feeding your kid Pop-Tart cereal every morning? I love leading the show off with the dad corner. I think it's a it's a great great thing to do. It lets you vent a little I'm bit. I'm like the so human this... version of Facebook and podcast. Even <laughs> though I, not... because I don't have a Facebook account, that's you... probably why I don't get the vents. My dad, I don't get to do dad tweets on Facebook or whatever. Yeah, so. you're probably right. You know what? Because you you do you start the show off with you know talking about politics a little bit, and then you go into parent <laughs> you go into parenting, and then you come full circle and fire hot out takes. hot hot sports takes. Yeah, yeah so that's you... Facebook. That's Facebook. All right. Well, welcome to the Facebook podcast. <laughs> I dig it. All right. You're right, Joe. We should pivot. We should start talking about sports. sports. We should we should make the Fan Rag Sports Network happy. Congrats and, and to Rafael Nadal and the Pittsburgh Penguins. That's the last we'll talk about either of you. Rafael, oh, man. You paired them together like Rafael Nadal won Stanley Cup, <laughs> MVP, which I'm sure isn't called the Stanley I don't, Cup. I don't know what he won. The French Open? Yeah, he won the French Open, which he always wins because it's on clay, and also he's just really good. Um, on clay. So, yeah, I guess shout-out to Rafael Nadal, <laughs> shout-out to Sidney Crosby. I heard you did dirty things, but I don't Ooh. watch hockey, so I can't can't comment on Octopuses. that. Yeah, Squid, whatever. Octopuses, a whole lot of, whole lot of seafood. I did guess they, did they grab the octopuses right by it? Yeah, of course. How else, <laughs> how else do you do it? Let's not make those jokes, because we don't, we don't condone that. Um, but we're... We're going to start the show off. We're already talking about. We've already started the show, and we're already talking about sports that we don't ever talk about. So we're going to continue that trend, and we're going to do it in hyperbolic fashion, which, of course, is what we do when we discuss sports that we don't know in our wheelhouse. I guess you would say. No, I don't want to say don't know. Look, we're talking about baseball right now, and obviously, I've been watching a lot of baseball this season because the team that I cheer for has been really good. And Joe doesn't watch baseball because Joe doesn't like baseball, and the Phillies aren't good. I hate is that your sport. No, is that way to start this this baseball conversation. I told you off here. I've been trying to watch more baseball. I watched the game on ESPN last night. The Tigers and the Red Sox, and the bases were loaded a bunch of times. The Red Sox couldn't do anything with it. There's your analysis. Um, I also know Detroit pays like five dudes like a ton of money for the because yeah. of their graphic. But uh, no, I try to pay the like. I'm not super well versed in like the utility infielder for the Cardinals. Do you know what I mean? But, like, I, I know enough to know that what we're about to talk to. About I, know okay, I know enough, okay? I know enough. My top five sluggers of all time. Do it. Rob Parker. Rob right, Parker. So that, Aaron Judge. 80 games into his career. He was in his top five sluggers of all time. He also had Strawberry as two or three. Right. Daryl Strawberry, for those unaware, who was a very good baseball player for he a short stretch. Very good baseball player. Also uh, owned a sports bar that was a few blocks away from from where I worked for a couple of years, but it, it didn't last very long. But oh. yeah, and oh man, funny story. So Daryl Strawberry had a restaurant, Strawberries. It was in Douglaston, Queens, and uh, his brother actually, his brother operated the restaurant. He was like the the manager there, and one of my best friends who listens to the podcast uh, was walking by because it's near a train station. Was walking by late one night and saw. The man standing outside saw his brother, I think his name was Tony, standing outside uh, of the restaurant and yelled, Yo, Daryl! And he was like, Nah, man, I'm Tony. And, uh, <laughs> that, that's the whole story. Good Tony Strawberry must hate his life. 
Yeah, I don't even know if his name is Tony. This is bad, Joe. So I want to ask you a serious question, okay? Sure. You ready for it? Go on. Joe, is Aaron Judge the face of baseball? He shouldn't be, but it looks like he might become it because Yankees. Oh, because Yankees. All right, so Aaron Judge is a rookie this year. In case you don't know. He's also he, 25. He, yeah, I mean, look, in baseball, you don't get 19-year-old rookies, all right? It's not the NBA. It Except takes for guys Bryce Harper and Mike Trout. It, right. It takes guys a little bit longer to come up unless you're Mike Trout. Aaron Judge came up last September as part of his Yankees uh, baby movement of all these young players that they have, having one of the top farm systems in baseball. And uh, he wasn't great last year. He, he didn't hit that well, but we knew he had the capability of being a major power hitter. And this year, it looks like he corrected his swing and everything is going right for him. He's currently the triple crown leader in the American League leading the way in batting average with 344. He's got 21 home runs, and he has 47. 47 RBI. Yeah. So what is it? I thought it was in the 50s. It's no, 47, it's 47. 47. Yeah, Sorry. you're right. He has 47 RBI, and he's also leading a bunch of other stats. I'm not really good with advanced stats in baseball, but he's leading in wins above replacement. He's leading in uh, adjusted batting runs and runs created. Aaron Judge has been the best offensive player in the American League, if not all of baseball this year, as a rookie, as a New York Yankee, and it's been really impressive, and it's it's bringing a lot of people back into baseball because, as Joel alluded to, a New York Yankee is tearing shit up, and the Yankees are playing good baseball. This has kind of led to some hyperbolic conversations. As Joel mentioned, Rob Parker, who's a giant gas bag, who I don't even know what (laughs) network he's on anymore, referred referred to Aaron Judge as a top five slugger of all time already. Uh, which he, again, had Daryl Strawberry on his list, which is just absurd on both both ends. But, Joe, you know, why, why did this Aaron Judge conversation really draw you in? Well, listen, I don't want to downplay how great Aaron Judge has been. Um, it should be noted that he's like 85 games into his career. And, I mean, we talked about this before the year. He's not a horrible hitter. So, like, his career minor league average is 278. I think 344 is sustainable. It's kind of silly. I don't know that anybody does. I don't. E- I mean, look, as, as a Yankee fan, I don't think 300 is sustainable. I was telling you before we started recording, I'm waiting for him to be back, you know, in the 270 range. Yeah, I think he could finish the year close to 300 because he's gotten out to such a great start. He'd have to have a pretty monumental fall, uh, sure. 58 games after the season started. But uh, <coughs> my issue isn't necessarily with the idea of Aaron Judge being the uh, star of baseball, but my issue, I guess, is like, how markets dictate who becomes a star. Because I'm not saying Aaron Judge is a bad baseball player. He's been great. He is probably the AL MVP at this point. But you have like a guy like Mike Trout, who's literally the same age, who already has two MVPs. I know he's hurt right now. Um, just because he plays in a bad market, people is like, well, I he's... Mean, he plays in Los Angeles, Joe. Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim or whatever they are. Listen, they're not the Dodgers. Do you know what I mean? Of course, they're, they're not. They're not the team there. This is even like a Mets Yankee situation with the Angels Dodgers. It's Dodgers 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 Dodgers. You know what I mean? Like it's not even you're, close. You're 100 right. You're 100. And then right. um, yes, like, Puig puts up these numbers, and we're going bananas. Banana pants. The next Bo, the next Bo Jackson. Well, know? I was talking. To, I was talking to one of our baseball guys yesterday about it. I was like. If we put Mike Trout's beginning of his career in a Yankee uniform, are we already having a conversation if he's on pace to be the greatest baseball ball player of all time? And he's like, probably. Right, and it's a conversation we, we should be having already because, I mean, he already, like, is on that pace and has been on that pace since his first season in baseball, yeah. Mike Trout. Yeah, that's what, it's like, and I know baseball is, like, with the exception of, like, the Yankees and the Red Sox, I guess, but I think really just the Yankees is, like, that super national team where... They really do have fans in every single corner of America. Do you know what I mean? Like, I I live in an area where the Phillies are the most fans, but, like, you, you can't walk anywhere without somebody seeing the Yankee hat on somebody. You know what I mean? Um, so, like, I, I get it to a degree, but, like, and it, it's really regional, the sport otherwise, but I think if, if, we, if people did a bit, like, baseball writers did a better job, like, guys like Mike Trout, would be a star by now. Like, I think more people, like casual fans, know who Bryce Harper is and Aaron Judge are than they do who Mike Trout is, even though Mike Trout's the best player in baseball. Sure. Yeah, it, it's weird, you know, the way baseball kind of markets their stars, and there's kind of been this running conversation about how they should be doing a better job of it. At the same time, I mean, you see Mike Trout doing, you know, Subway commercials and whatever else. Bryce Harper, obviously, is a household name at this stage. He He's only had, like, one 
ridiculous, ridiculous season, but he's almost been more popular than Mike Trout. I, I don't know that, you know, I'm ready to have a baseball, you're doing Mike Trout wrong conversation, but it feels like for what he's accomplished in his career, he should be, you know, sort of on like a LeBron level. Well, that's what I... To being the most popular player in the sport, but at the same time, they don't win, you don't see him in the playoffs, and that, that kind of hurts with stars. No, I totally get it, but that's like when you made... That's, that was what was in my head when we were, uh, we were talking about ideas for the show, was I, I felt like... And I could be way wrong, like, because I'm not a baseball guy, like, and I don't want to, like, just parachute on and be like, you're wrong, baseball people. But I felt like he should be talked about and treated as if he's LeBron James of that sport, because I, every time we talk baseball, I see the greatest player I've ever seen play was Barry Bonds, and I would fight anybody for it, about it. Um, Mike Trout could rival that. You know what I mean? Like, he's kind of already in that way, in that space, and he's in the post-steroid era. Um, and I don't care that Barry Bonds and steroids, are, allegedly. Um, or any of those guys did. <laughs> well, listen, he was never, he was never caught. They try to, they try to, uh, sentence a dude to, to rat on him. The guy didn't rat on him. Maybe he's clean. Maybe we're all wrong about Barry Bonds. Um, maybe, maybe. Well, listen, he hasn't been caught. I'm just saying other dudes have been caught. He hasn't been caught. Um, I'm like Mike Trout's that good. Like Mike Trout's that guy that like I could see if I don't have a son, but if I had a son or if when I have grandkids, I could be like, yep, I watched four Mike Trout baseball games in 2016. <laughs> yeah, Mike Trout's amazing. I mean, he's just tremendous. And again, like this is one of the things that's kind of turned me off from baseball the last few years. Is I do agree with you that I don't feel like they market their stars the way other sports do. Like, I mean, even the NFL, these guys have masks over their face. They have helmets and masks over their face, but you recognize the big name guys. You know what I mean? And in baseball, I feel like they don't do it as well. At the same time, I don't have, I don't have instructions. I don't have ideas. I, I don't. I can't tell you what they should be doing that they're not doing. It's just the type of thing where you're surprised that more people just don't know that, like, yeah, Mike Trout's just the LeBron of that sport. Well, I just don't get, like, like the conversation yesterday in my timeline. And maybe it was my timeline. Maybe it wasn't this, but it was, like, a couple national guys dropping in on it saying Aaron Judge is the face of baseball already, or he's on pace to be the, the face, of, face of baseball. And I'm like, well, well, what happened to Mike Trout? Is this just because he's on the Yankees? Like, I understand part of it plays that role, but, like, he's literally 85 games into his career. Mike Trout has two MVPs already. They're the same age. Like, how is this right. guy already the I understand the Angels stink, and Mike Trout's not in the playoffs, and Yankees, and Aaron Judge hits home runs, and people love home runs. I still don't get it, though. Like, how you could say that? That'd be like if LeBron came to the NBA, and in his first five years in the NBA, he won two MVPs. And we're talking about some guy 42 games, not even, it'd be 20-some games into a season averaging 28 points a game, right. saying he's the face No, of- we're talking about, like, Derrick Rose. Like, Derrick Rose all of a sudden has a huge year. The Bulls win 60 games, and it's like, oh, this guy's the face of the NBA. Forget what LeBron's doing. It's not even a huge year. He's he's having, like, a Flip Murray run. Remember when Flip Murray came up with Cleveland? Are you, are you comparing Aaron Judge to Flip Murray? No, I'm just saying, like, like this run it hasn't been sustained yet. Like, it's a very short, like, in baseball terms. 58 games is what, like Jeremy Lin month run in the NBA? I suppose, yeah. It's I'm about trying, a third, I'm it's to look about for a third the, of the season. I'm just trying to look for the equivalent. I know Aaron Judge was a first-round draft pick, and he came with hype, and there were expectations on him. It wasn't like he was Jeremy Lin or a Flip Murray who came with none. But, like, I, I, I wish we would just hold off for a couple minutes before, like, we just bypass all these other guys that we also have projected to be stars, one right. of which has been a star for five years already. And the other, like, Bryce Harper is a good player. He, I know he hasn't had, like, as many monster years as Mike Trout, but we're literally making this guy the future of the game, and he's, you know, he had, he's had 50, 50 good games. Because he wasn't good last year in his, in his fall, fall call-up. He wasn't, but obviously there's levels to this, and I think you're kind of acknowledging that. Like, he, for what it's worth, he's leading uh, all-star voting. He's leading all of all-star voting in baseball. And that, that's probably because he's a Yankee. And being a Yankee isn't just being, you play in New York, you play for this market. It, being on this Yankees team that had such low expectations, they're expected to be probably the worst team in the American League East. And they've still been, you know, one of the best teams in the American League somehow. He's been the heart of the lineup. Again, you know, we said he's, he's a triple crown leader at this point. Another interesting stat, Yankees with 21-plus home runs in the team's first 60 games. Babe Ruth did it six times, Mickey Mantle did it, Roger Maris did it in 61, A-Rod did it, now you have Aaron Judge. So the fact that he's kind of joining these guys, he's he's taking the mantle for a team that hasn't necessarily had a leader or a public face since Derek Jeter retired a couple years ago. You add in that he 
looks like a Mega Jeter, you know, being being mixed and being, you know, a, a light skin guy who has this this I don't want to say nice, but like he seems uh, this, this sounds terrible to say, but he seems like he seems likable. He doesn't seem intimidating despite being this giant. You know, it, it's it's weird the way he kind of has like this this favorite Yankee thing going for him where he looks like a guy that Yankee fans can cheer for because he kind of reminds them of Jeter and he's young and he's talented and he's charismatic and he's a nice humble kid like I feel like people have been trying to parallel him to Jeter since he came up and I don't know that it's necessarily a good fit or a good comparison at all but when he starts putting up the numbers and the team starts winning it just is going to take him completely over the top and make him this most likable superstar in baseball and I think all of that is kind of just the perfect storm of, of being a quiet guy who can hit a ball 500 feet and also play for the Yankees and overachieve and you know defy expectations. No, I think that's all fair. I just think that you also acknowledge in there, which was my point, that, you know, Yankees. Do you know what I mean? Right. And I don't yeah, want to make course. it sound that's like that's not even a bad thing. Like, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Like, the Knicks, if they had a great basketball player who was relatively young, we'd also, we did it with Jeremy Lin. We made him a thing. We did it with Tyson Chandler when the Knicks, you know, won 50 games or when the Knicks had their first decent season after being terrible for a while after they got Tyson Chandler. It was this guy's defensive player of the year. He might be the best center in basketball. It's Tyson Chandler. And we would do that with not just New York teams. We do that with the Lakers in basketball as well. If somebody started popping off 30-point games or something. Sure. Whatever the equivalent is to what Aaron Judge is doing now in baseball, which is insane. Like, he's averaging basically a home run every other game. Right, yeah, none of this is to take anything away from what Aaron Judge No, done. that's why, and that's why I, I, I hope that's not the way I'm coming off. It might be a little bit, but I, I don't think it is, because, I mean, like, you can say what you want. The numbers speak for themselves, and we're not talking about the first month of the season anymore. We're talking about, you know, we're past the, the one-third way point of the season where there is a large enough sample to be like, oh, man, this, this guy is doing incredible things. This isn't Chris Shelton hitting nine home runs in the first two weeks of the season. No, you know, I, like, there, I There's enough here. Enough here just to say he's had a good first third of the season. Not enough here to say he's the face of baseball. Correct. Correct, correct. All you right, you, 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 you low-key disagree with me. You think he's the face of baseball. No, come on. I don't at all. And I'm, I, like I said to you, I'm waiting for him to cool down. I'm waiting to see him you know, fall back down to earth. You know what, how I'm going to headline this, this podcast? Aaron yeah. Judge is the face of baseball? Aaron Judge is overrated. Oh, <laughs> you're the worst. Don't do that. I mean, the jury's in. Aaron Judge is overrated. There it is. It's just, it's, again, like I said, it's really the perfect storm of him obviously having the production to back up, you know, what people want to say about him, but people getting ahead of themselves because it's Yankees. We get excited when when the Yankees are good, especially when we expect them to be bad. And this is a different reason to be excited about the Yankees. I mean, in the past, it's always been what free agents can they bring in? Yeah. Who, who's going to be a surprise fifth starter or something like that? And now it's just... Finally, prospects are hitting, and it's taking such a long time for them to really nail their prospects. Well, I mean, you know what happened? They made their front, the AAA team, being Scranton wilkes there, and you're welcome, yeah, that, New York Yankees. Totally, that's totally what happened. But, I mean, look, you even go back 10 years, and when Jabba Chamberlain was coming up, you know, as, as a relief pitcher and striking I, out the side nightly, everybody was like, this guy's the next Roger Clemens. This guy's so exciting. Look at what this guy does. We just do this with the Yankees, especially with young players. Jabba. Jabba, man. Yeah, and, dude... Yankees are scary. I mean, Aaron Judge is hitting like this when last year it looked like Gary Sanchez deserved Rookie of the Year mm-hmm. for two months of incredible baseball, and he came back kind of quiet, got hurt. Now he's starting to hit. Yeah, the Yankees have been a lot of fun. I've I've been enjoying watching them, and uh, I don't know how anybody else feels. And they got but, some low-key pickups like on, on the market. What's his name? Sterling Castro? What's I mean, Murder's name? Sterling? Yeah, yeah, Sterling yeah. Castro. Sterling yeah, he, Castro's it, hitting. It, yeah, wasn't he batting like 330-something as well or 3-something as well? He was in the 350s a couple weeks ago. I know he's still in, like, the 320 range. Didi Gregorius. And they got him for cheap, too, right? He's only making, like, $6 million this year, I think. Yeah, they, I'm trying to think who they, they traded for him. Uh, a no, backup, no backup it was catcher. a backup catcher. What was it? It was either a backup catcher or a middle reliever. I remember I was watching the game the other day, and that's what they were saying. Right. They, they traded for him lat, two off seasons ago, and he was fine last year. He's been incredible for them this year. Didi Gregorius has been yeah. on fire for them this year. I mean, they, it's it's been it's been nice to watch. Matt Holiday's been a good fit. Brett Gardner's having a power surge. I don't know how long it'll last, but you know what you could say about them beyond them, you know, just being one of the better teams in baseball record wise is 
they've been hitting incredibly well, and you were worried that they weren't going to be good when the starting pitching started to fall off, which it has, and they've been able to maintain that just because, you know, bats have stayed hot, and when the bats are hot in the Bronx, people care about baseball. Jerry, one last question for you on this. What do you got? Rank Aaron Judge all-time and sluggers. Uh, I mean, he's got to be number one right now. Can can you call Rob Parker so we can get uh, confirmation on this? Rob Parker just told me he's better than Babe Ruth. Probably is. Probably is. So this is what baseball makes people do. This is why we don't talk about baseball. Realistically, now. right now, he's probably like in the thousands. Uh, yeah, I mean, that might even be high. <laughs> that might even be a little high. <laughs> because baseball's been around since dinosaurs, and there's a lot of guys that have like, you know, 200 plus home runs in their career. There are. Make no mistake about it, though, without downplaying what Aaron Judge has done, yeah. he's been one of the best hitters in baseball this year, if not the best hitter in baseball. And it's not hyperbolic to say that. Let's just... The next Jose you know, Canseco. Let's just cool Minus the stolen bags. He has five. Pull it with the, uh, the all-time takes. How about yeah, that? Just wait. Just wait a little bit. Let's see how he does yeah. after he did the home run derby and stuff, you know? Well, I, I obviously, I have friends that are not Yankee fans. I, I have a good friend that's a Blue Jays fan. And anytime a Yankee comes up and is really hitting... He likes to remind me of Kevin Moss, and he says, no, 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 these guys are going to be the next Kevin Moss, who came up, I think, in 93 or 92 or maybe 91 and hit, like, 20 home runs for the team, and then you never heard about him again. So now we just have to see if Aaron Judge is going to be the next Kevin Moss or the next uh, Jose Canseco, I guess. Yeah, I mean, a lot of this will pays, and it's already happening now. When teams and pitchers see him a couple times around, how do they adjust to him? And then how does he adjust to the adjustment, blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah. Well, correct. listen, like, it's not, like, it's a normal same baseball take, but it's boring. I wonder how upset, like, real, real baseball fans get when we start talking about baseball. Well, we me put, saying put when pitchers see him the second and third time around, it's not exactly a hot take. It's just normal. Usually pitchers make adjustments after seeing the guy in the plate a few times. My comment wasn't about that comment. It was about the last 15 minutes of our show. Oh, just in general, us talking. Just in general. Talking right. slapstick. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if they're just like, shut up and this. Why are you talking about shooty hoops? Yeah, get back to it. All right, Joe, I think that means we should do that. NBA Finals update. (laughs) The Golden State Warriors currently have a 3-1 lead over the Cleveland Cavaliers. Cavs came back and won game four, running away. Uh, I Actually, I didn't get to see that game. I was telling Joe before we started recording. I had to work late on Friday night. Joe, did I miss anything? (laughs) Um, Just a game. It was the best game of the series. Kind of. Best game in, in what way? Because it seemed to have been a blowout from the jump. Cleveland scored 86 points in the first half of this game. What made it a good game? Because other Cleveland, Cleveland won an extended series. That's about it. I mean, Do you want the series to be extended? I don't though? want basketball I, to be over, man. Yeah. What, am I, what are we going to do after this? Like, What are we going to talk about? The draft for a couple of days. <laughs> and then what? For a couple of days. And then, and then baseball. More baseball. Baseball. It's never going to change our show. We'll be talking about European prospects for the 2018 draft. Um, Luka Doncic, baby. No, we're going to be talking about the big three all summer, I think. That's what we're going to have to talk about. I agree. Um, tell, tell me what made this game good other than LeBron. Kyrie. No, that's re- that was really It was just kind of exciting to see Cleveland go off. And uh, honestly, that's about it. Just to extend the series. Can, since I didn't get to see it in real time and I only saw highlights, did Draymond Green do Draymond Green things in this game, or or it was the coverage overreacted? I know he picked up he picked up a tech. Did he pick up two techs in this game? Oh, I forget. Uh, this will make up for bad podcasting. It's good that we prepare. Uh, so I, I I was listening, and I know he picked up a tech, and then Steve Kerr picked up a tech, and I guess the the technical for Kerr was meant for Draymond. I I don't know how that worked out, but like, is Draymond in trouble? Like, is Draymond falling apart, or is that just a, a convenient narrative to walk away from this game with? Well, I think it's a convenient narrative. I mean, that's kind of who he is. He gets technicals here and there, and I like he's his volatile. Just, he, yeah, he's volatile. I like what he said after the game. They said, "Is he worried about it?" He goes, "No, you know, we didn't get to win a title at home yet, so he was looking forward to that." Um, I don't like that he does that though. That he came out and said, "You know, uh, Cleveland people aren't the most intelligent," or something like that. Yeah, says the guy who sent a winker picture out. <laughs> so I mean. Yeah, he's, oh, you know uh, what? I I actually I wanted to talk. We're we're talking about Draymond. What do you think of the report that came out last week? Charles uh, Barkley. Zach, no, yeah, I, I want to talk about Charles Barkley's thoughts on life. No, his that, weight loss thing. He's 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 abandoning the finals to go to a six week six week uh, weight rehab. I didn't know that. That's the best news I've gotten all day. 
good for you, Chuck. You do that. Do it next year, too, and the year after. Just lose weight. Make that your life purpose. Uh, abandon the $5 million a year that Turner gives you to say, basketball sucks. Just just go do whatever you're going to do. Don't watch this game. It's going to be a blowout. What? Yeah. And we got to not do Barkley impressions, and I'm guilty of it. Shaq, way Shaq's way worse. They'll be like, Shaq, what do they do? Be big. Go to the big basket. Up. They got to muscle him, muscle him through the hoop. That's he, what his his vice is everything he would do, and he has to realize that like, you know, like he's seven foot, three hundred fifty pounds in his prime, and nobody can do what he did. Give the ball to Steph Curry, let him back him down. <laughs> yeah, Steph Curry dominate the post. Steph, um, just no, do a, just do a drop step and slam it home, bud. What I wanted to say, Zach Lowe wrote something. I think it was last Thursday about how after losing Game Seven last year, Draymond Green sat in his car in the parking lot and called Kevin Durant and said, "We need you, buddy." What, what did you think of that? Well, I think my favorite part of that is Draymond saying that's a lie and Kevin Durant saying it was true. Or the other, One of the ways around. One of them contradicted the other. Um, I don't think that's a horrible thing to recruit if you think you need help for your team to win games. Does it, does it make the Warriors less pretty to you that that's how this went down? That after they lost, like right after they lost game seven, the same night they lose, yeah, I think it's better, makes him better because the hunger was still there. He could have been moping, he could have went to the club and had a couple of drinks and showed his pictures to the girls. But instead, <laughs> he goes, I'm already focused on next season. Let me call up my good old friend, the Slim Reaper. One of one of the guys I really like to follow on Twitter, he's a Knicks fan, Azaz. Uh, he's at Azaz NYK. actually had a tweet that went viral and said, it's amazing LeBron's legacy is going to be that he demoralized the 73-win team bad enough that one of its best players had to call <laughs> Kevin Durant after they lost in the finals. And I, people were taking it as like a no, and it's like, yes, that's exactly what happened. Like, this isn't a slight at either Cleveland or at Golden State. Mm-hmm. They knew that they needed something else to get by this team. Whether or not that's true, whether or not you know a healthy Warriors team from last year would have been able to beat Cleveland, that I don't know. But like one way or the other, LeBron's actions – caused Draymond to call Kevin Durant. Like, there was that fear after losing this series of, we're not going to be able to get by these guys. We need Kevin Durant to take us over the top. Correct. I'm, no, I'm with you. I think, that's, I, think, I think that's a good tweet by that guy. Um, and I, that could be LeBron's legacy. Like, we talked about this before the finals. Like, if, and if somehow Cleveland comes back, um, which isn't going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. But if it was, like, we wouldn't have to call these upsets anymore. Like, last year, upset. And this year be an upset. We'd have to be no, LeBron James is just so gosh slam great. Look at me trying to avoid Carson on this show today. When um, I went and dropped the S bomb, I'm but, sorry. Yeah, no, it's all right. I think it's me just trying to practice for when the kids are around the summer. Um, like it would be insane, and then like that would be part of the narrative. Like that thirty for thirty in ten years when they do the LeBron James story, uh, and he's they're like, yeah, he beat one of the greatest teams ever in 2016 so badly, they had to get the second best player on the planet to join three of the 15 best other players on the planet to try to beat them. Yeah, yeah, that, that's how it went down. And look, I don't think any less of the Warriors, I know a lot of basketball fans do, they think Kevin Durant ruined basketball, which I, I understand to extent. At the same time, you know that I totally agree with and think it's great that Kevin Durant did what he wanted to do. And yeah, I you think can the think Warriors both things. Awesome. You can think it sucks for the game. You could also be like, yeah, Kevin Durant didn't do anything wrong. Like, it could be both. Right, right. There there needs to be that level of empathy for, like, yeah, this man wanted to work where he wanted to work, and he didn't want to work with Russell Westbrook anymore. Like, it's fine. He did what he wanted to do. Um, like, would it have been okay if he went to Boston instead? Like, that's what I always ask. Like, what, is, is it just because it's Golden State? Like, he went from... Yes. He, no, that, he, that's what it is. No, no, I, no I, I get it. I guess I get it, but, like... It's, it's multi-layered. It's that they won 73 last year, and it's that they beat them in the playoffs. It's that, you know, the the war the Thunder were so close to beating but the But he didn't want to stay with – like, every, like he wasn't staying in Oklahoma City. Like, that was pretty clear. He didn't want to play with Westbrook anymore. So, like, if he went to Cleveland – or to Boston or to Washington, he would have just put himself in the worst situation. Like, is that what he was supposed to do? Yes, he was supposed – he this was, was the, supposed to make it more difficult to win a championship. Is well, what they are now. They're gonna like maybe they'll lose tonight on purpose to make it seem more difficult. Maybe and maybe that'll make people like Kevin Durant more. I don't probably think so. not. Anyway, l- let's give some props to the Cavs. They played obviously their best game of the series offensively. They were just a freaking juggernaut. LeBron winds up having one of these plays where he gets caught in midair and throws the ball off the backboard as an alley oop to himself. 
always fun to watch LeBron remind everybody that he's LeBron. The one thing that pissed me off, though, Ooh. this was feasibly LeBron's worst statistical game. He had 31 points, 11 assists, and 10 rebounds. And all people could talk about is how LeBron put the team on his shoulder. It was like his second lowest offensive output of the, the series. Meanwhile, you know, he had like that 39-15 whatever game, game three, and all we wanted to do is complain about how LeBron shrunk at the end of the game. It's just such a stupid, 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 stupid sport where we react to winning and losing instead of what these guys are doing in wins and losses, and I hate it. Yeah, it's all reactionary, and we play the result, and... Like, LeBron wasn't that much better in this game than he was in any of the other games, but we're talking about how great LeBron is after they win instead of talking about what he needs to do differently when they lose. And Listen, I he went from being on with Jordan a week ago, a week and a half ago, to being, nope, he stinks, to now all of a sudden he's Jordan again. This right. is the way, this is the way, I don't know if it works like this way in other sports Twitters, even though we just did the Aaron Judge thing. It seems to happen, the game-by-game analysis for LeBron. Yep. Game-by-game. I mean, game. it's, it's everybody in the NBA. It's kind of just what we do. I guess there's just too much time in between games. I don't know. With that said, Joe, is tonight going to be the last night of the basketball season? Well, I know the hot take, or not the hot take, the, the most popular take is either it ends tonight or it goes seven games. So to be a contrarian, I'm going to say it doesn't end tonight, but it ends in six. Okay, there he is. So you're going, you're going back now. Cavs and six. <laughs> Cavs and three. You're going back now on your Warriors and five prediction. Was that my original prediction? That was your oh, prediction. Oh, then let me though. stick with it. Warriors and five, so I sound like a genius. There he is. Genius I was just joke. going to six to be a jerk because everybody on Twitter, like I saw like one person tweeted it, and then all of a sudden everybody else pretended they had the same thought, and that bothers me to no end, that, like that hive mind mentality. Yeah. Oh, yep. well, it either only goes five or it's going seven. Nah, shut up. <laughs> either Golden State wins in five or Cleveland wins in seven. Right. Like, how is there that kind of swing? You think the Warriors <laughs> could almost sweep, but really what's going to happen is the Cavs are going to hold on and win this damn thing in seven games. Right. Like, and I mean, the sixth game apparently doesn't matter. No. I. You know what's funny, though? I feel like historically, game sixes, like, are usually a wash. Like, you know whoever's down is just going to come out and win this game, and it's going to wind up being, you know, all about that home team at Game 7. I don't know. I'm sure it matters which team has lead going to Game 6. Like, if the team that's down doesn't have home court advantage, they're going to play super crazy hard. Maybe the team that has that seventh game, the the home game in the seventh, doesn't try as hard. But if it's the other way around, it's probably, you know, lights out in Game 6. I'm imagining. We don't don't research any of these numbers. and probably just making it all up. Probably. Is there anything that you're looking for in this game, Joe? Outside of Ian Clark getting 20? Um, no, for real, I want... I'm, there's nothing I want to see at this point. Like, you know what I mean? We, this is game bajillion of this three NBA Finals thing. Uh, I do want to see the... I do want to keep seeing basketball being played, so I, I want to see a really good game, and I'd like to hope that Cleveland will win so we can go to the six. Me too. I, I, I would like that... You know, obviously, the way the last game played out, it makes you think maybe this could be close. I can't imagine the Warriors are going to give up 137 points again. Like Cleveland hit, what, they hit like 25 threes or something in this game. I am expecting the Warriors to close it out tonight. Fair enough. Well, I was going to say, yeah, you know, it, what stinks is we kind of have to root from the extent because we don't have another podcast on Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're not going to talk about the NBA Finals on Friday if they win tonight. Correct. We, prob- we probably will. I don't know. That'll leave you guys uh, with something to look forward to. What are we going to do on Friday? Talk about hentai porn. Is that what it's called? Joe, I think it's time for hentai questions. questions. Is it called? What is it? Go. That guy. The journalist. All right. I'll go first. Are you ready, Uncle Jared? Yeah, I'm ready. In which video game universe would you rather live in? Oh, my God. Metal Gear, Final Fantasy VII, or The Last of Us? Three games I have never played in my entire Seriously? life. Seriously? Yeah, I, I'm not an RPG guy. I'm not. Well, a only one of them. Guy. Okay. I'm I'm a sports video game guy. Well, I'm not, I, I think I've asked you before if you want to live in like FIFA, Madden, NBA Live, or NBA 2K. Right. No, you you asked if I could live in any video game world, what would it be? And I was like, NBA Live 95, so I could be on a basketball team. <laughs> That's probably what I said. That should have been your clue to So I could play next to Patrick Ewing. 
Right. Or I think I was like No Mercy, so I could be Triple H or something. <laughs> I don't know. I actually, I played, I touched a remote control over the weekend for the first Whoa. time in a while. I played NBA 2K17 on PlayStation 3 for a half. That That is my latest gaming experience and the first one I've had in, I don't even know, got to be like close to five years, I would say. Damn. But I'm going to answer your question. Give, give me Metal Gear. Let me live in Metal Gear because at least I know I'm like, I don't know, what, what is what is Snake? Is he an assassin or something? Well, you're not like, that guy. You're just, you're you in that living. universe. Right. I, oh, I'm, oh, I didn't realize that. I'm me in that universe. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, Don't, Metal Gear sounds sounds uh, scary then, because I'll probably get killed, right? Well, listen, Last of Us, you die. Um, right. Because you're zombies and stuff. What uh, happens in Final Fantasy? What is the storyline of Final well, Fantasy? Well, there's different game. Every game has a different storyline, but I was gearing this towards 7, um, and you'd live in Midgar. Uh, it depends. If you were poor, you'd probably die. If you were rich, you were probably evil. And unless you were part of Cloud's gang, then you had a 50-50 chance of living or dying. So, like, so you're not really, doing well there either. This is like a, a pick the worst. Well, no, I think Metal Gear, you'd be fine. Like, now here's the problem with Metal Gear. Depending which game you, you, which, which event you live through, and the second event, they kind of destroy New York. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> but in the first one, they're in Alaska. So, like, if you're living in New York as Jared, and they're in Alaska while this game plays, takes place, you're still just kind of yo. And you don't know any of it's happening. In fact, maybe you already live in the Metal Gear universe, Metal Gear Solid 1, and you don't know about it because it's at Shadow Moses in Alaska that's all covered up. I've always wanted to visit Shadow Mo- Moses in Alaska. <laughs> Joe, what, what's your answer for this? Which one of these stupid universes would you want to visit? <laughs> well, not Last of Us, because I want to fare well. I had a really hard time when I thought about this about Metal Gear and Final Fantasy. The problem with Metal Gear is it's all over the place. I wouldn't be able to keep up. Um, with the, like their storylines all over the place, so, like real life history in that universe is probably a disaster. Um, like one day you're like the president's this guy, and they're like, nope, he's a robot, and you're like, what? So uh, probably Final Fantasy VII. Um, I will help Cloud and Barrett and Eris and Tifa try to take down the evil doers. Good luck, man. I'll be a member of Quake. That sounds great, man. Thanks. And I heard Quake is awesome, too. Another game I never played in my entire life. I never played it. That's the name of their, like, uh, their, their group from Final Fantasy. Oh, isn't Quake a video game as well? It is. I never played it, though. It's a first, I'm not a first-person shooter guy. Cool, man. Yeah, I don't know anything about video games unless it's wrestling or sports or Grand Theft Auto. Or Super I think Mario that, Kart. We know you're or, a big or, fan. No, if you go back to, like, Sega and Nintendo, like, before games were, like, ridiculous. Super you know, Nintendo, still, Sega Genesis. Still doing, right, when I was dead broke, man. When you're still doing, like, Kirby and those guys, you know, a little Golden Axe, a little, uh, what is it, a little uh, Altered Beasts, all that stuff. Those are the classics. Yeah, cool, I don't, cool, dis- cool. I don't cool. disagree with you. Great. All right. I thank you. Do when you do cool, cool, cool. Are you doing community? Or are you just doing because that's your thing? Uh, you know, it's. Act- I'm so glad you asked that. That is such a good question. It's a little community. It's also a little bit of a forty year old virgin. Oh, the, okay. Yeah. The opening, the opening scene where Seth Rogen and uh, and what's his face and uh, I want to call him Michael Scott and Steve Carell when Andy <laughs> and uh, Cal are talking. <laughs> what if it was Michael Scott and uh, his name? <laughs> Michael Scott and Seth Rogen <laughs> yeah. are playing these roles. Um, and he's asking him what he did for the weekend, and he tells him he went to to a, a horse show in Mexico. Uh, and then Steve Carell says, yeah, I made an egg salad sandwich. And, and, and the cow character is like, cool, cool, cool. I say that a bunch. So it's, um, so it's a mix of all. It's a hybrid. It, it's a hybrid of Abed and uh, Cal from... First season of Community changed my life. Very good show. It got so much worse. It progressively just got terrible, and I don't understand how people love it. That's fine. I'm fine having that hot take. I think Community is like the most overrated show ever. Loved the first season. Mm-hmm. was terrible after that. It, oh, my God. Sh- Jeff sh- and Andy. Oh, my God. Jeff and Andy. Oh, my God. Pierce hates everything. Oh, my God. Well, you know, Pierce, Chevy Chase, I mean, he kind of ruined the whole thing. Well, Dan Howard Harmon leaving the show as well. Nobody right. cares. Only seven people watch Community. We're two of them. That's it why it was canceled every other favorite. year. I, no, I feel like it was such a cult favorite on Twitter, and like everybody on Twitter and everybody under the age of twenty was just like, "This is the best show ever." And I was like, "The eh, first season I'm- really was good, and then it got progressively worse. And after season three, it was dead." 
I just felt like all the concept episodes got annoying, too. It didn't feel original to me after a little while. I have to go back and watch it at some point, I guess. I just did not enjoy it. I don't, I, I'm assuming, because of the way like it was super reference pop culture-wise, and I know it was all over the place, it wasn't just recent stuff, but I bet you it's aged poorly. They did like the South Park thing, where like they'd make every episode about an old movie from the '80s, and it's kind of like, all right, I get it. You guys did this last week. It's but I that- no, no, the thing I did like about these most comedy shows, we're going super community here, um, is that uh, they had running gags that would start very small, and that would become like an entire episode, like twenty episodes later, like the um, right. um, when they had the Fort Wars. They like right. planted those seeds in season one, like early on, and then like that became a show. I and did like a, that part of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I thought that was good. There's a lot of good characters too, with the reoccurring characters, like having John Goodman be a kind of reoccurring character. Starburst, pretty cool. Star, Starburns is great. I mean, that guy's like a tremendous writer. He was on Mr. Show back in the day too. There's a lot of good associated with that show. I just found it to be a little overrated. Joe McHale. I don't think this is a hot take, but I thought he was really, really good in that role. And then, I, what happened to his career after? Nothing, right? Does he do yeah, anything? Yeah, he did, like, corny movies, I guess. Yeah, I, that was super disappointing, because I thought his stand-up work was good as well. I haven't seen any of it, though. I've never seen his stand-up. We liked The Soup when he did The Soup before he got Community. I don't know. He's a funny dude. I liked when he had the Community and The Soup, and Community was starting to get canceled, and he'd have everybody on Community go on The Soup to be like, don't cancel us. Like, that, all the time. That was... Yeah, that was pretty cool, too. He played tight end at Washington, didn't he? Joel McHale? Joel McHale. Joel McHale was like a college football player. Get out. Good for yeah, him. I mean, that, that's like, like when I learned out Dean Cain played cornerback for UCLA. Dean Cain, the Superman on TV, yeah. Yeah, the rock and jock. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dean Cain was a great rock and jock basketball player. Joel McHale played tight end for Washington. Get out. I mean, dude, you, you've seen him without a shirt on. Oh, well, yeah, like, he's, he's not uh, a frail man. No, he's completely shredded. Yeah, I played yeah. him. Yeah, 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 he played a uh, tight end in the Rose Bowl. <laughs> we started the show with dad tips, then we went to baseball. <laughs> we're 10 minutes on community. This is one of our best shows we've ever done. All right, but, I'm going to ask you my absurd question, then we're going to go. Joe. Yes. I actually, I had this question last week, and it got rerouted by a, a Ryan brother fight. So I'm going to ask it this week, <laughs> because I watched the NBA Finals, and I'm really rooting for both of these teams. I really like... LeBron, I really like Steph Curry and Durant. I want both of these guys or all of these guys to win as many championships as they can. It's made me think the opposite. I'm taking you to the haters' corner. Ooh. What team did you root the hardest for to lose in a big game in your lifetime? Could be a big game or a series. Who did you root the hardest against? And I'm probably I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. Yeah, it's not popular. I'm not a Patriots fan. I root against the Giants really hard when the uh, Patriots are going for the perfect season. I was at a bar called Dooley's in Old Forge, and I was there with a bunch of people, but my friends, uh, Rami, Rami and Amir, they're big Giant fans. So, like, I was trying to be, like, quiet about my... And everybody else here was going for the Giants as well, because everybody hates the Patriots, and we're, we live in, like, a New York market. So I was, like, the lone Patriot fan. And by the time the second half, half uh, hit, I also had a couple cocktails in me, so I was a little more um, encouraged to show my outward support for the Patriots to go and defeat it. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was weird because I was one person in the middle of, like, 100 other people in a pretty tiny bar screaming for Tom Brady to win, go and defeat it win the Super Bowl. And I think that's the hardest I've ever actively rooted, especially when I had no rooting interest. Do you know what I mean? Outside of wanting to see perfection. Right. And I mean, I think it's important to note that that too, that this is really mainly applicable to not having a rooting interest in the game. Like if your team or your favorite player or whatever isn't playing and you just need to, you know, add a little bit of zest to a series that you don't necessarily care about. uh, I think my answer for this has to be one of the Kobe Bryant Laker teams down, you know, against the Celtics in the late 2000s. I, uh, I was actually, strangely enough, rooting for the Lakers despite hating Kobe when they were in the finals, minus when they played the Sixers. So I rooted for them against the Nets because I hated the Nets. That's definitely one of the teams I also rooted the hardest against was the 2002 and the 2003 Nets that got to the finals. But um, the Kobe Lakers teams, because for some reason, I mean, I hate Kobe. You guys know this. I didn't want Kobe to win another ring after Shaq left. 
I wanted Shaq's legacy to just be built up more <laughs> by the fact that Kobe couldn't win a championship without him. And I mean, regardless of how you view those finals, Kobe had a lot of help in those finals. He was also great. But I, I really rooted hard against the Lakers, against the Celtics both times. Hard. I mean, I've rooted it hard against the Patriots, too. <laughs> Why did you do that just now? <laughs> I don't know. I've rooted hard against the Patriots, like in Super Bowls, too, because I hate them. Oh, you know what? The answer is definitely, I, I, I have to scrap my answer. It's Whoa. 2004 Red Sox. 2004 Red Sox are uh, definitely the hardest I've ever rooted but against. Are you like, you're, but you're a New Yorker. I'm a Yankee fan, yes. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. Well, I'm a Yankee fan, but they they blew 3-0 that year, and if the Red Sox wouldn't have won the World Series, it probably would have gotten dismissed if the Yankees blew that Oh, series. it wouldn't be as historic and outside. I get it, I get it now, yeah. You know what I mean? It's, look, I don't like to be an oppressor. That is the only time in my life I ever felt good being an oppressor, and I wasn't <laughs> even the one doing the oppressing. I just was the benefactor or the benefitor of it. Benefactor is a word I didn't know the meaning of until recently. But I. Benefit- what did you think benefactor meant? The person who gives the benefit out. <laughs> not. not. Um, all right, I digress. That's a good way to end the show. We Can I be your of- benefactor? No, no way. No one is my benefactor. Well, your wife's your benefactor. She is, in fact. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> you made you forgot what it meant again. We made it through the show. Joe said hard. Hard. Like, like, like Beavis or Butthead. Probably Butthead. <laughs> Uh, we talked about community too. Um, so thank you all. For what, if you're still here, you get a prize. I don't know what it is, but you got one. Yeah, you get to be a character in one of Joe's terrible video games that aren't terrible. I just don't play video games. I know I'm the weird one. Thank you guys so much for listening. You could follow me on Twitter at jmintshoops. Catch my basketball writing at fanregsports.com. Throw us some ideas of stuff that we could talk about when basketball's <laughs> over. <laughs> Joe, tell the good people where they can find you. Please, Joe. Please, we can't do baseball all year. Um, all summer. At Joseph Nerdone, N-E-R-D-O-N-E, and at FanRagSports.com. In all honesty, we're going to talk about Summer League a lot, and then we're going to talk about NBA preseason. We're going to be okay. You guys don't need to worry. Don't cancel your subscriptions just yet. Whoop, All around me are familiar websites, worn-out clickbait, worn-out hotcakes. Bright and early for the daily link dumps. No one's clicking. No one's clicking. Their pupils are filling up their pockets. But not for writers. Not for writers. Hide my head, I want to do a slideshow. No tomorrow. No tomorrow. And I find it kind of funny. I find it kind of sad. The internet in which I'm worthless is the best I've ever had. I find it hard to tell you. I find it too hot to take. When people blog in circles, it's a very, very mad world. Mad world.